0: final hissy fit podcast brought to you by the ruminations radio network and sponsored by film obsessive this is the tirade film movie debate podcast hosted by two film critics cool dads and struggling teachers i'm don shanahan and i'm father Ooh, that's right i keep forgetting these character names are, are vague messes of oh, that are out there i'm law.
1: Will Johnson, but you can call but, me Daddy.
0: I will call you Daddy. <laughs> Daddies and daughters, we're damn glad to have you folks. This is all for Tantrum Circle for <laughs> shared passions and high fives, wash away, any place for hate. No matter what, we encourage you all to love what you love, including your fathers. But for now The gloves are off and the hissy fit is on this week. We're doing a double down on some Martin Campbell where we've got no escape from 1994 recommended by kind of the deep dive that Will's going on with uh, the whole Martin Campbell experience. And uh, I can, I guess, I don't know if we can thank Zorro for this. What, What got you started on dipping into Campbell here? what was the Uh, kicker well i've I've
1: always i've always liked him and he's Ah, directed some real guy right yeah and i well i I like goldeneye too and i and i love the foreigner which he did and uh, you know he's i I think he's a i think he's a as i said on the last show a super underrated above average action director that doesn't get enough credit and yeah um,
0: i feel like him and like joe johnson probably about the same age just know how to make a 90s banger and don't get enough credit for it you know i'm with you
1: And I'll talk about this more in my five minutes, but, like, um, this is one that was on the watch list for decades. Mm. And unfortunately, I I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm sure it was available on DVD, and I'm not a physical media guy, so I probably could have got it on eBay or Amazon or something.
0: Yeah, let's see.
1: But this is the first time in years that I've seen that it's streaming. So I was like, you know what? This might not be streaming again anytime soon. I'm just going to pop it in and watch it.
0: Good point. Because Good point. And I for do. those folks looking for this one, dive into a little Tubi to get you some notes game. It's
1: on. It's actually for whatever reason, it's almost like that anticipation of having it on streaming. It's like first it was available on nothing, and now it's available right. on Tubi, freebie and Arrow. If you have an Arrow, wow, screen. I do. So right. what the hell that's about? Yeah, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, no. This is this is it, so it really wasn't a uh, Campbell thing necessarily. Okay um because i um uh, i've been on if anyone's been following me on letterboxd or anything i've been on a that
0: would be me miyazaki
1: uh, uh yes. run lately so this was kind of an interruption to my okay miyazaki it's run really,
0: i but, i call that a good balance because you're you're getting off uh, eight, 800 pounds of heart in that place, and then you just need some good action on the side when you do this. So this oh, is your for sure. side of fries, for sure. Um, so, ladies and gents, our format is this, the recommending level will go first. I think Will's got this uh, a tick higher than me, so he's got the first spot here. Uh, he will get five un- uninterrupted minutes to shower his praise and state his high-minded case. The hater, which is not really me, it's this is a fine movie. Uh, we'll follow with five and minutes of my own to present any counterpoints in any manner of intellectual scorched earth. After that, we'll open it up for about a half hour share a conversation where the hissy fit really gets chippy. Uh Will, if this is 22 2022 in the future, what do you get in prison for? What what gets you sent to this island? What's your um well I would have, commit in this? I year? would
1: have been sentenced immediately for just telling you to call me daddy. That would have been you know at what? least 30 days probation.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be what, like Demolition Man. John and you are fine. You know, we would get some credits fined, but no, we get sent to an island. What would I do? I would. Uh, ooh, I don't know what crime would get me. Yeah, twenty twenty two and the sensibilities of this movie. I'm probably looking at porn or something. Probably.
1: Oh well, God. Well, I mean, if that's if that's the case, that's
0: I mean, what. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Jesus,
1: I would have been put on this. I would have been put on Absalom about forty years ago.
0: Good boy. Um, right. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, so you're up first crime as a free man not incarcerated in 2023 a year after the future of this movie thank god
1: thank god um yeah so no escape so as i mentioned before this is one that like has been on my watch list forever um i i actually have a very vivid memory of this film in a way um because i remember seeing um, an image, like a still image in a film magazine. Remember, guys? You guys remember those before the internet when we would have film? I, I was an
0: Entertainment Weekly guy and a Premiere guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, I, I would go a little bit harder, you know, I, I, the Fangorias and the Star Logs and the things like that. But I think this was either in Fangoria or Starlog or some Cinefantastique or some shit. I don't know. Whatever. It was in some kind of genre specific magazine. And there was an image of, like, I'm assuming uh, Stuart Wilson and his crew, like, in a shack. And it just looked, like, for my 11-year-old brain, like, it looked so intense and evil and, like, oh, man, if I see this movie, it's going to scare me to death, these bad guys, right? And uh, part of that might have been why I never watched it, because I was intimidated by it, you know, like, I had seen a trailer, and you know, Stuart Wilson looks creepy with his, you know, uh, proto Battlefield Earth, you know, <laughs> um, you know, haircut, and all this stuff, and it, it, and just like we were talking about in uh, the last episode about trailers. I mean, back then those tra- trailers pushed the limits; they didn't give away too much. It left you wanting more, and it was a pretty, from what I remember, as an eleven-year-old, it was a pretty intense trailer. So, I always had kind of this feeling like you know if i watch this i'll get away with it I, I had the same feeling uh which is just hilarious now that i think about it when i went over to a friend's house once when i was nine or ten and he was like let's watch robot jocks and i'm like robot jocks like my parents will let me watch that and i watched robot jocks and you know now you can watch robot jocks and it'll be like okay like <laughs> what was the big deal but for whatever reason no escape kind of had a big you know counterculture going against the grain evil kind of thing to it you know uh as i got older like i just forgot about it or i would see a poster for it or see some mention of it and i'd be like oh that looks pretty cool you know maybe i'll get to that someday and now as like an aged cinephile you know i look at the cast and the director and i look at that and i'm like this would be pretty cool like i said before one of the major issues with it was like because i'm not a physical media guy there's no blockbuster videos around anymore. You know, like I just wasn't finding no escape and it just seemed like it wasn't available on streaming for a while. So, yeah, it just, it one day it just, it was in my watch list on Letterboxd. It's been there since I joined Letterboxd, like literally the bottom of my list, like the first entry in the watch list. And one day it just, I got an email saying, hey, it's available on Tubi. And I went, you know what? No time like the present. So I popped it on. And just like Robot Jocks, it's fine. You know, it wasn't. It didn't live up to any kind of insane childhood fear, or you know, I didn't feel like I was getting away with anything. I was watching a very respectable three-star action film that was occasionally boring. Uh, and and to be honest, um, three films came to mind while I was watching this, that are better. Uh, and that kind of made me mad too. Uh, for instance, Stuart Gordon's Fortress, which I feel like they just took the sets from that movie and just did that in the beginning. So it was basically Stuart Gordon's Fortress at the top. Um, Albert Payun's Nemesis, where um, it just kind of has that pseudo, not not fully cyberpunk, but like, it's just, it's a little bit of, like, a used future, you know, techno-replicant kind of thing. I mean, it's it's very clear outside of the island that they filmed this on in Queens, Queensland's Australia, where they obviously saved money by filming it, like, in the woods. You know, the beginning is very, like, tech-heavy and sci fi and kind of has that nemesis feel. But also, Stuart Wilson is, as I mentioned in the last episode, very clearly taking some of the more loud parts of Alan Rickman from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and putting that to 11, for better or worse. So you get some great action scenes. It's shot well. There's some interesting flourishes, like these weird 1970s-slash-Hong Kong cinema-like zoom-ins at points. (laughs) Uh, There's also like this incredible explosion, one of the best explosions I've ever seen on film insane at the end um but like i said for the most part it just reminded me of better films in the genre and that's fine it was three stars and enjoyable i'm glad i finally watched it it just took me 31 years to do it was <laughs> 29 years to do it but i did it
0: nicely done no um i'm right there with you where even though i'm a few years older than you being this one being an r-rated movie like this one just missed me you know uh i i didn't see it in theaters i didn't know of martin campbell then uh obviously we i would figure out james bond a year later because my mom's a james bond person where those were okay to put in front of kids whereas this one would not be um where so i i once i figured martin campbell out from that being a you know being a premiere and entertainment weekly guy i knew this was out there um it has that that Ray Liotta holding a rocket launcher or whatever kind of cover art that has not changed in the 31 nope. years they've had it. So whether it was VHS or DVD or any format since then, that that image has been there. And I and um I mean I still at that point I didn't know much of Ray Liotta either other than Field of Dreams. Um so yeah, it missed me in the OG time of catching it at that age. Um see and for, for me watching it with you here, this was my first time too. So, um, it is same thing, same idea where I don't think I really earmarked it on the watch list, but I knew, I knew it was there. I'm like, oh yeah, Campbell and Leona. I'll I'll throw that down. It was my podcast partner. Listen to it. Yeah. Count me in. I'm it. So, um, yeah, I did not, I go into this stuff with pretty low, low and zero expectations. I don't get too hyped up with all that, but, um, yeah, by the time Stuart Wilson shows up, between Lance Henderson shows up, Ernie Hudson shows up, I'm like, yeah. ooh, there, there's some folks in here. Um, for the Bechtel test crowd, there are zero women in the film. None, so, uh, zero. None. Like not even in the bad.
1: flashbacks. Not Nothing. even in the flashbacks. There's a yeah. woman.
0: Nothing. Sorry. So no, no, it's crazy uh, to think that because uh, today we you literally could not get away with that. So, um, like the warden would be a woman or something at this point. So. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the uh, this experience reminded me a lot of our recent episode with uh, Mark Krawcheck doing uh, Stargate, where you have that 90s, that 90s tech heavy thing, because it's the same year, it's 94, where the, the Hollywood's like, hey, aren't computers fucking cool? Let's put them everywhere. Let's have them do everything. Let's have it map the place for us. Let's have everything we want to show off on the screen to look good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And, and then obviously they, they're dabbling with, what they can do with effects and miniatures and some of the backgrounds that can kind of slightly be digitized here and there. I know, for example, like and it looks, this looks every bit as ninety-four bad. Like, hey, Jurassic Park was last year. We we don't have a handle in this way, Stevie does, but hey, let's try. We we can try, right? So, like that boat explosion is like just a black puff of smoke in the ocean. I'm like, yeah. That oh, is bad. I see what you
1: mean. Yeah, I see what you mean. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. So some. I, is, I think it looks is, good. I think it looks pretty good.
0: The they try uh, for ninety four. We have to kind of give them credit. Like it does not look as good as Spielberg, and it definitely doesn't look as good as Emmerich. But Martin Campbell's out there trying, and when he doesn't need to try, that's where the the physical um, physical locations, the set design, and stuff take over. Where yeah, they built this little outsider village and they have this you know queensland rugged terrain and the, the beach set up um all of this obviously invented prop work and costumes and whatnot and then um and then yeah i'm with you a martin campbell explosion for the ages at the end where there's nothing but pure fucking gasoline there there's no 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 vfx flavor and wash up there they just blow shit up and put a camera on three places and hope they got it so um no, the movie's perfectly fine. Um, I'm the kind of guy where I'm going to need a little more, little more juice out of my hero than, than Ray Liotta and the four smiles he does in the movie. Um, IMDb counted, he smiles four times. Um, the the frantic, I don't know how to cry, but I'm going to try to cry. Uh, flashback Ray Liotta is, is also pretty rough in the Ray Liotta acting lexicon. So um, I could have done with a a little more I does have to be swashbuckling, but I need a little bit more of a gregarious hero or hope <laughs> than than Ray Liotta. I get what they were going for, like you put Grizzled Pro in there. Grizzled Pro is gonna do what Grizzled Pro does. But if you're if you are gonna maybe inspire the people or go up against Stuart Wilson who's going full gregariousness, maybe oh you God. need a little bit of that back. So he yeah, Stuart had the gregariousness for two people in one place. And but no, I'm with you perfectly fine uh, especially when you put it in the 90s context um where this yeah you could do worse on a blockbuster friday night if you pulled this vhs tape and took it home and um and again i i keep doing this lens where all the time on this show where you making this movie today it probably be well i mean we've done the prison movie things like we got like sublock 99 or what what was the the super violent one with um Vince Vaughn and all that like yeah
1: sublock and sublock 99. yeah
0: yeah so like i obviously you can go harder than this movie goes but the flavor of science fiction that's in there with it is is interesting um maybe this movie ends five minutes too soon because like yeah we know the warren's gonna get it but where give me give me the bookend it with a little more future for me and and um i'm not saying you need to have the running man where like you know arnold schwarzenegger's walking away with mary conchita alonzo's hand in his you know neck in her hand but uh just well that would require a woman which isn't there so no no not here but uh no for a for a dudes a dudes beat up and brawl down movie with some with some tips and tricks in here and some gravitas every now and then this ain't bad all right ladies and gentlemen let's take a quick break for a short announcement from our non-corporate partners and friends you've seen twin peaks all the way through but all you have are spoiler free discussions at Blue Rose Task Force podcast, no information is classified and nothing beats the listening sensation when production history collides with deep theory. Put the coffee on. All right. Welcome back, Will. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, okay. First off, like, I, I, I see what you're saying about the film. I actually thought it looked really good in terms of just like the straight up like scenery, cinematography. Things. Yeah. The CGI, whatever yeah. amounts is bad. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it looks good. Like in the woods and stuff like that. Oh, but sure, definitely. I, I've got to say, real quick, the cinematographer on this might be uh-huh. a leading contender for most viewed cinematographer in the Cinephile Hissy Fit lexicon because yeah, Bill Mehue did Casino Royale, Goldeneye, mm-hmm. The Mask of Zorro, um, No Escape, and our little episode, Who Dares Wins.
0: That's right. <laughs> so, and I uh, think. Interesting. I think there's a entrapment episode in our future too. You know,
1: did he do? Oh, he did the butt shot that he we talked about. That,
0: he also did thing. the Smurfs, the Smurfs two, and the SpongeBob movie, Sponge Out of Water,
1: and so, Beverly Hills yeah. Chihuahua. So
0: uh, right, um, I'll, I'll do an entrapment episode. I'll do a. He's got he had he had a '90s run here, and he, he's ancient. He's 81, or at least at the time was a, a, a veteran guy. But like. Um. So he reeled off here. Let me get kind of. Who did dares wins was early for him.
1: He did the so same, which is I like the a, saint. It's a know. good movie and it looks great
0: too. It, it, the saint does look great, and again, another one of those movies where pan out a little wider, show your star, show your stuff, and show the tr- tricks to go with it, which you would get hyper cut like crazy today. But no, he went with um, No Escape, GoldenEye, The Saint, Mask of Zorro, in ninety four to 98 doubled up in ninety nine with Entrapment and Bicentennial Man. Which mm-hmm. is a maligned Robin Williams, Christopher Columbus thing, but again, also looks really good. Came back to Campbell for Beyond Borders, did Around the World in Eighty Days, Legend of Zero, Casino Royale, and then yeah, then it was then it was the dark times. Beverly Hills, Chihuahua, Edge of Darkness, two Smurfs movies, and Here Comes the Fucking Boom with Kevin James. So it got yeah, yeah it got bad there.
1: Yeah, you know the paychecks uh, there. Yeah, so I mean He's got skills. I, I don't know. Oh, he did. I don't even, he has skills. I don't even see a biography for him on here. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention real quick is I yeah. I hit refresh on Letterboxd just on um on No Escape for whatever mm-hmm. reason. I just hit now it's on amazon prime also it just popped up
0: well how about that so it's, it, now it's on it's, like it's,
1: everything it's everywhere
0: it's the cinephile hissy fit bump guys yep. you, we, we entertain a movie and streaming services won it and it we haven't us.
1: even released the episode yet but we gave it a bump oh well so, don't say that, that yet, but yeah. <laughs> you
0: but can that. say it just happened when the recording drops
1: oh that's right hey we just bumped it right now guys just bumped it right now but uh, you guys no, refresh real quick <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I guess my big thing is now the three. Well, I know you've seen Robin and Prince of Thieves, but I mean, have you Very seen? Very much so. Huge have favorite. Have you seen Fortress or Nemesis? No. Um,
0: yeah, okay, I, right. I know of that. Now, is Fortress the what? Because I was trying to IMDB it while you were talking. I got yeah. the Bruce Willis one. Am I no. getting the right Fortress?
1: Oh, God, no. This one has okay, Christopher Fortress, Lambert. And it's Stuart me, Gordon who did me, Reanimator man. and From Beyond. And-
0: okay, 92 Stuart Gordon. Yep, I 92. see. He's got Kurtwood yes. Smith.
1: Uh, so the... in the future,
0: private underground prison fortress. The inmates are computer controlled with CCTV, dream readers, and devices that cause pain or death. John and his illegally pregnant wife, hey, a woman, are, are inside, <laughs> but want to escape before birth. Okay, that seems far more interesting already. Well, although Lambert just... is a fucking dry piece of wood, but I'm it, okay.
1: It's it's not that it's necess... well, it is interesting more interesting. It's a better movie,
0: okay. uh,
1: But it's not that. It's just that like the way they the the opening 20 minutes of this movie which does not take place on the island it takes place in this like very super sci-fi advanced Mm -hmm. you know uh thing it's it's it almost looks like a set ripoff. like it looks like they use the sets from fortress to film those sequences like that's the main thing it's more a visual thing of a comparison than anything else but i was just kind of like Oh yeah, isn't this the same set as Fortress? Like it just it just feels. Yeah. And then when you're not getting as good of a movie as Fortress, yeah. um, uh, you know, you kind of are yearning for that experience where you're like, oh yeah, I I wish I was watching Fortress instead. And <laughs> um, then
0: yeah. and then Nemesis I'm seeing here 92. Mm-hmm. Alex, a burned-out LA cyborg cop, is forced to. Forced by Commissioner Farnsworth to find his former cyborg partner and lover Jared, who is about to deliver sensitive data to cyborg terrorists who wish to wage war against humans, is he being played? Dun, dun, dun. Um, I so, know. Yeah, ninety-two. Better movie so, there as well.
1: Um, yeah. Well, Nemesis is insane because it's Albert Pune. Everyone mm-hmm. considers him the. He just recently passed. He's considered the Ed Wood of this generation. Yeah. Um. Now, the reason why I say that is similar is because you had um if i if i remember correctly this was imperial entertainment which i don't i mean i'm seeing that here yeah they were known for like the gyver and sudden death and and lots of really low budget schlock right
0: yeah yeah and
1: and the thing about those movies is they're so low budget that they take place in the future, but pretty much 90% of it is shot like in modern day Los Angeles, yeah, you know, yeah. or whatever. Or in this case, it was probably filmed in another country, which kind of gives it a little bit of that
0: um, foreign, unfamiliar foreign quality too. Cause like, sure.
1: Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll film in a place like a building that's 800 years old. And it just has that almost post-apocalyptic feel.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it kind of has like a little bit of that used future post-apocalypse Kind of thing, but it's also not. So, like, I just when I was watching it, because like, there's one scene in Nemesis where like these cyborgs have a shootout, like, and it's clear they were just like, okay, we need the old West Town set, so let's just use the old West. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, it kind of feels like it's, and you get a lot of that with No Escape, where it's the future, but it's also clearly just filmed in modern day Queensland, so mm-hmm. it's it's not it just has enough of that edge, like with the weird gun or like this random equipment or the strange helicopters.
0: Yeah. A lot of prop work going on there to help.
1: Yeah. It gives you this very, it gives you this very Mm -hmm. low budget genre film, kind of like nemesis feel to it, where it just feels a little bit off, you know, in terms of it's not present day, but it is, but it isn't like, I I don't know. Like I just, those two movies combined, it feels like those two movies slammed into each other. And
0: could be this, huh?
1: I, okay. I, that's kind of what I was hoping to get. I, I have a theory. Like I, I, I watched I watched Universal Soldier for the first time.
0: Oh yeah, there you go. About
1: four or five months ago. Okay. Yeah. That I think No Escape has the same problem Universal Soldier does, though I think Universal Soldier was a much higher budget than No Escape,
0: but I think you're right.
1: It's almost like Universal Soldier is the budget's too good for the story. Like it needs ah, to be, tra- it mean. needs to be trashier, and mm. it needs to look cheaper for it to be effective. Because yeah, it's almost Universal Soldier is almost too good looking for you to take what's going on seriously at all. Because
0: it's yeah, just silly. Mean.
1: Like, and I would rather have it be something like Nemesis, where they clearly don't have the money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're just going off of pure spirit, and yeah, it's cool obnoxious and. And it's obnoxious and ridiculous, but you're along for the ride. Whereas, yeah. like, I was watching Universal Soldier and I was like, I like this concept, but this is, this is, uh, this movie, this movie looks too good for it. And, mm-hmm. and I get the same feeling with this. There are moments, yeah, there are some bad visual effects moments, but there are also moments where, like, you know, there's these amazing vistas and, yeah, uh, sun soaked, fog ridden planes and, Mm-hmm. forest and stuff and i'm just like this this looks too good for this kind of story
0: I, w- I was gonna when you were sizing all that together i was gonna say the same thing where no escape falls into that this looks better than it has any right to look with right. just this flimsy of a story because like i know there's this yeah so there's this island where they send the worst prisoners that are that are feared more that supposedly the island is feared more than the prison and i'm looking at that island going all right yeah there's two factions and they're worrying against each other but Hey, you get to be outside and ch- kick back in a you know reasonably good place, even if you're working for the bad guy or you're in the other place. Like, I don't know, this looks way easier than prison. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if this is the best plan for the warden in terms of like movie logistics, but uh, we're here for it. That doesn't make any fucking sense. No, either. it may because that seems like let's build a huge island full of threats and leave them there, and like, yeah, there's no way they'll figure that, it out, and then they figure it out and fuck them over. So it
1: that to me yeah. feels like. Stuff missing from, or stuff that's um uh, missing. They, either they filmed it and they cut it out, or they just okay. forgot to add it in because it's based on a book.
0: It is, and yeah.
1: in in the book, I think there's a lot more details about like the hierarchy of like what the warden's up to and why he's oh, putting sure. people on I these bet. islands and shit. This just kind of feels like they're like, ah, drop them on the island and we'll watch them for some reason. Like it doesn't uh, make yeah. any sense.
0: No, it does not um and that probably doesn't help you know like again like you've got a movie that looks really good like again like you were saying Queensland's doing a, doing a great job okay, here and then, yeah. and then and then and then yeah sets and props look great um yeah. costume work so especially for for Wilson's faction it's amazing costume work but um yeah it looks too good for for what it for what all you're reduced to do so yeah yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. It did, was next question for you? Was Lance Hendrickson ashamed of this movie because he's second build and he's not on the poster, he's not line item, you know, he, he's buried in the credits list. I someone I someone call Lance up. I, how 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 well, bad actually, was this for him?
1: <laughs> I've spoken I've spoken to Lance. A couple I of see times. that's why I cue this um, up. I figured, but you know. uh, yeah, I've never in my brief talk talks with him and also like in a lot of interviews i've never really heard him mention this one very much um so i don't know i i don't think he's disowned it or anything i mean no
0: no no but but like, you know did I, he did he pee on the studio <laughs> to be like hey fuck you don't put my name on there but
1: i don't think because you so, got a but, kevin
0: Dillon on the poster ernie hudson yeah. whose last build gets a spot stewart wilson's hidden in the yeah, top and but
1: previous uh or uh recently deceased michael Lerner. As well as a cell Oh, Boy. and
0: he's one of those classic bad guy actors where, mm-hmm. you know, he he's always a great villain. He's in God, you know, Godzilla. Isn't he in one of the Home Alone? Is he in Isn't Home Alone he 2?
1: in Godzilla as the Roger Ebert lookalike? Yes, his, and his mayor of New York of staff is uh, yeah, Gene Siskel. Basically, uh
0: huh. Uh-huh. I love that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's a, you know that's an Emmerich thing because remember when totally. uh, remember when the day after tomorrow came out and like the villain administrator guy is basically dick cheney but it's not Mm -hmm. like it was definitely and at the end of the movie mexico opens its borders for the u.s like to come through Uh and i was just like okay you are just getting ridiculous with your spot on Mm
0: -hmm. commentary
1: like be a little bit more subtle emrick but um But no, like, yeah, the, uh, learners, learners in this, but yeah, I don't know, I, you know, Lance doesn't do much in this movie either.
0: No, he sure doesn't. So he's kind uh, of the which is disappointing figurehead. Oh, I think you you've got Lance Hendricks, uh, Lance Hendrickson. What a, a year before the quick and the dead, where obviously uh, he takes a character there and gives it all, gives it his all. Where sure, you can tell yeah. he's a little bit of melanin in here. At least it feels like that, and it's disappointing because it's, it's Lance. So
1: yeah, Lance is yeah, Pretty incredible actor, and uh, he always brings like the thing I love about him is like, for instance, um, uh, he just brings these little things to his performances, and that's missing here. And and I'll talk about that with some of the other characters as well. But because Ernie Hudson is pretty wasted in this, and unfortunately, Kevin Dillon's in it too much because I can't. Oh gosh, he's annoying. I can never, I can never take him seriously because he's drama from Entourage, terrible show. I agree. Um, but no, like for instance, like Lance Henderson in the Terminator, like he does this great thing where he has this kind of weird relationship with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the actor it's slipping my mind. Uh, damn it! Uh, where is it? Oh, Paul Winfield. Where, like, yeah, like, like, like he'll be like telling these weird stories, and then Paul Winfield just interrupt him and move on, and you never get back to what. <laughs> just talking about and you're like well i want to know what he was talking about like that's that's an interesting (laughs) character beat you know like where you're like it it makes it feel like the character lives outside of the film like they actually have like dimensions to them you know Mm -hmm. and uh that's sorely missing here
0: yeah and then you've got kevin j o'connor who would yuck it up a little bit better in the mummy than he does here and yeah there it's it's a wayward movie. I realized looking at the screenwriters, this is Michael Galen and Joel Gross who adapted the the novel. This is the only screenplay they've ever done. Then no. or since. Well, um, that's that's pretty rough. The only other credit one of the screenwriters has is uh, Joel Gross did a TV movie called Blind Man's Bluff and he was a story consultant for two episodes in 1983, for as the world turns, the Soba. Wow, album, so. two
1: episodes, Yikes. dude!
0: If you can't yeah. at least get a couple weeks on a soap, I agree. Like, how bad movie. were you? Yeah, oof, rough.
1: Yeah, but no, it's yeah, just kind of a. Uh, it's there. It's fun. It's, the characters are very thin. Like you said, you don't have much. Apparently, David Wenham's in this movie.
0: David um, Wenham. Yeah,
1: I didn't see him, but
0: uh, no, he looks like um, a good part that get tagged on there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's just. Um, it's just not a lot here there'll be moments um like i said I, I find the the villains like his crew and like where they hang out like kind of in this abandoned hotel thing yeah. is interesting it's like a resort uh-huh um i like that there's like kind of random like i said it has that dystopian vibe like there'll just be a random car that's mm-hmm. broken down somewhere or also, like it's clear that they don't have electricity, but they're playing music at a party. Like it's just weird, yeah. weird shit going on. But um, so there'll be like little touches, and and I'll be like, okay, that's interesting. I think the opening sequence, the credits, is fantastic. Like
0: oh the, yeah, definitely. Where
1: where like you're 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 not sure what's going on. Like people are marching, and, and then something like this dude gets shot in the head, and you're like, mm. whoa! It's filmed really provocatively and interesting, and um well it's yeah there'll be moments but it's mostly just moments that's pretty much what this movie is it's it's
0: mm-hmm. it
1: just kind of exists and there's moments that are excellent and there's moments that are very boring and yeah i was i i was fighting sleep on this one to be honest with you. And i was not to. it's not that it's a bad movie like i said it's a three-star movie i enjoyed myself i remember everything about it and I, there's parts that i will recall forever but it just kind of is it's just it's mm-hmm. not bad it's not great It just is
0: yeah um, play like places I would, uh, does it need to? I, I know I said it earlier that I, I needed one more bookend back at the prison because the prison, you've got this like snow piercer like train that's taking like you said in the credits, that's taking everyone to this goulage of a looking prison where, like, man, that looks impressive. I, I want to spend some time there. And, and then we don't, we come straight to the penal colony on the island. And obviously, the, it's built up to be rich in terms of looking what, whatnot. But, um, no, I mean, I, I feel like there's missing layers here where like, like maybe the novel's right. Like there must be more to what is the criminal justice system at this point in in terms of, you know, the state of the world state of this prison. And then of course you're going to spend the time in the island, which is fine. And I'm recasting what you're recasting, but um, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, it's a tough movie to fix at the same time as it's easy to still, easy to still be entertained enough. So, yeah, Definitely. and and, Definitely.
1: and that's because, and we'll we'll talk about the man of the hour, and, and if you if you've noticed, we're kind of playing a little game of tag here on cinephile history because we did Desperado, and then we decided to do an episode on uh, Mask of Zorro, which had Antonio yeah. Banderas. So you kind of got a, Antonio Banderas' uh, thing, but then when you get in like one of those Wikipedia holes where you click on a link to go somewhere else, and you're kind of connecting the dots. Obviously, Mask of Zorro is directed by Martin Campbell, and so is No Escape, and. That is definitely one of the uh, what do you call it uh, redeeming values of the film is that it's the action sequences that you do get for the most mm-hmm. part are well directed and have nice flourishes to them. They sure do. Yeah, and it and it and to I'm assuming a lot of the budget went into. Well, it has to be one of the most insane explosions I've seen.
0: Oh, in a yeah. movie.
1: I mean, that is nuts. I mean, he's got... Okay, so for anyone who hasn't seen it, and you want to see the the, the poster, okay, Ray Liotta is holding this gun that has, mm-hmm. like, a missile on it. Now, uh, as would you would expect from a lower budget film, I mean, it just looks like a toy gun with a missile on it. Like oh, It's, yeah, a, it very, looks, it's a prop. It's ridiculous, B- yeah. missile. Yeah. It's stupid.
0: It, like, cocks to load. Like, what are you cocking to load? Yeah, Why? what are you cocking?
1: <laughs> it and, looks and cool. It's, and it's also like very like even though it's on the poster he doesn't use it to the very end but holy shit this little rocket uh-huh. on this dinky gun that <laughs> fucking thing blows up like yeah. half the continent like it's amazing yeah and it's filmed perfectly like i i'm like i'm not necessarily like when it comes to action stuff i'm more of a fight guy than like a gun sure. battle or explosion guy but i do love me a good explosion some of my favorite explosions are like in um uh, mad max fury road uh when he's on the pole and like like half the fleet of the of uh the bad guys uh fleet is like being destroyed in one shot yeah a good um, shot. i think of like the the opening explosion of lethal weapon four uh fifth element has a couple explosions that blow my mind but a uh, few and far between for me i'm not a big explosion uh, i would say maybe the building just because it was real and cameron's a madman the building explosion in terminator 2
0: mm-hmm. That's a uh, good you know one. When
1: they, when they blow up dyson but yeah it, it takes a lot to impress me on a explosion level and this one was an all-timer i was like i yeah. literally was like holy shit like i was like oh my god like right? it, it's pretty phenomenal like it's it's excellent
0: this is probably one of those movies where like In in the days of cable, you know, you would, if it was on, I mean, it'd be edited for television, but like it was on, I don't know how hard one would like hang around like if you hang around this movie for five minutes get to a commercial break on tnt would you keep watching TNT. i was just gonna say this you know
1: is TNT movie feels like a tnt movie a <laughs> yeah
0: but um it'd be a hard movie to like hang like oh yeah i'll 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 commit to the hour and a half that's gonna take me to get through this unless <laughs> you're getting to the end where you know that big fucking explosion explosion's coming then then i'm like you know what I, I, i'll hold on i'll wait i know it's coming but uh yeah i don't know it's probably one of those movies where I know we we two hours is just fine because it's like an hour and fifty eight minutes. But like, I would love a version of this movie. I know I'm talking about thickening a prison scene here and there, but like, you could trim this to ninety five minutes. Oh,
1: there's <sighs> no reason why. You this can, there's should some be, places to
0: trim in the middle here.
1: That that's the other great thing about low budget sci fi things that I like. That some of the ones I mentioned, like Fortress, mm-hmm. um, is. Those movies do not try to be long. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, a lot of that low budget stuff, Roger Corman stuff, you know, Full Moon picture stuff, Empire Pictures, D- Dino De Laurentiis movies.
0: Yeah, good. They good are like there.
1: eighty-five minutes, man. Like they do not mess around, and like this movie is this this movie does not sustain two hours and no, five minutes. It, it needs to be eighty-five to ninety minutes. That's it. Like you yeah. do not need. Anything more than that—that's that's that's the other problem with this movie—is it's like, dude, you got a pretty interesting concept, but even if it starts to not make sense, don't give me enough time to think about it.
0: Exactly. Move
1: on to the next. Great way of putting it. Yeah, and it's so that 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 is a definite detriment to me recommending this movie, even though I gave it three stars. Mm -hmm. Is there is no reason this movie should be, one hundred and twenty-five minutes. There is no reason for this like yeah. it is 85 minutes or bust like yes yeah. that's what the, it needs the two,
0: to be the two you mentioned i look them up fortress and nemesis are both 95 minutes yeah, that's, and, out, and that's and that's and that's stretching it for those genres oh, like, yeah because like you said like if you think about it too long i love the way you said it. if you think about it too long you're there too long or okay. hey we're gonna run out of money and we're gonna run out of plausibility if we don't wrap this up you know
1: yeah now yeah. um would i like to visit the sets of this movie like I, there must be something about australia yeah, and new zealand yeah. that just makes sure. you want to go there like it well, just like, makes the it...
0: waterfall the waterfall fall with the blowgun dart in the neck like holy shit uh, that's watch amazing the... yeah that's a great how scene did, too and they, they used the stuntman um I know, they wanted I to have a camera shot that stayed on the stuntman so that's an actual dude going off that clip so
1: right but like somehow The the shot, and this is why I'm impressed with Martin Campbell, because I'm not, like, a film guy. Like, I don't know how, like, you know, I I know, like, you know, like, when they talk about uh, 1917, I I, I know there was an interview I was watching with Tarantino where he he hated it because he could see every cut. But, like, most people, I'm not, like, Mm -hmm. an expert like that. Like, I can't see the cut. Sure. I'm I'm in the movie Magic. Like, it's a shot where, like, you're on... Leota's face, and he gets yeah. shot, and he falls back, and then yeah. it falls with him into the the waterfall.
0: Like, uh-huh
1: what I'm saying is, like, how did they get Leota to like? It looks like he's falling off a cliff. Sure. Now, obviously, they cut it in a pre-GoldenEye flashback where it's very like. Um, actually, I'll talk about that in a minute too. But like, it reminded me of the opening sequence of GoldenEye where he, he jumps oh, off the, the dam. Yeah, but. Uh, but, um, yeah, I don't know how they did that shot. That, I was here, really I, got
0: cool. a, I got a trivia note on this, if I can find it here for that shot. Um, a special rig was set up for Ray Liotta's stunt double for the sequence which Robbins is shot in the neck by poison darts and falls into the water below, allowing the camera to follow the stunt performer as he falls. So, quote-unquote, special rig. I, is, that's, there, watch that be a half-million-dollar shot, you know, that kind of crazy stuff. Movie was budgeted at twenty, made twenty two so it skated its way back to the black, but eesh, ouch, you know,
1: yeah, no, um yeah i i <laughs> it's just I love when movies can do that because mm-hmm. i i'm a, I'm totally a sucker for that kind of stuff, where I'm always like, yeah. but, so it's kind of like the old fashioned you know how like um I mean the one that comes into my head, you maybe have seen maybe you have' not but like there's a scene in like a nightmare on elm Street where um uh, one of the victims is running in an alleyway and Freddy Krueger is chasing her. And it's clearly like a stunt double let's mm-hmm. running down the alleyway. And then yeah. as she runs, she runs into Robert England as Freddy, like it's that old fashioned, like switcheroo where it's like, it's supposed to be the same character, but it's clearly like a stunt man on one side and then the real actor on the other. Or you'll have that thing where like someone will fall down a hill and fall off camera and then the actor will pop up
0: mm-hmm. you know and yeah. be like
1: hey it's me all it was me the whole time you know like yeah. it would clearly superior
0: landing yeah yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's very clearly <laughs> sure. like a nice little camera manipulation that i i really liked and i also mentioned that there's like um you know these weird flourishes like like mm-hmm. when ray Liotta first gets to absalom there's like this moment like this was really big in like westerns and 70s movies and hong kong action movies like ray liotta is like standing on a rock and like you, they cuts to like these bad guys and then it cuts back to ray liotta and then it like slowly zooms in on his face mm-hmm. and i was like what is happening like it was just yeah. very That's weird
0: mm-hmm.
1: that it's, it's kind of interesting like it, it makes oh, you totally think of it, it makes you think of the movie you know like because you're like Oh, yeah, he did that nice little touch. I wonder what that was about. Like at least yeah. it's memorable. Like at least there's yeah. moments here that are memorable from I a agree. director. And,
0: that, and I, I think you're right. We're, we're back to that '90s sensibility. Like we talked about in mask as where Campbell and uh, film you, you know, I think they knew how to be like, Hey, moving pictures move, you know, like do some zooms, do some whips, do some pans. You got to make the image that's there look interesting, especially if your story it has some loose threads or some you know some some wilt to it whereas today the the movies like they they just i don't know if they know how to do that as well as or as like just directly and as um deliberately as old 90s guys do you know like um like you're saying the way they pinch on on a face make a special break to sell the stunt you know um The way that, and this is another moment to Wilson. Like, let Wilson do his thing. Let him work the room. Like, he's not just standing on podiums doing his speeches. He's walking around and working the, you know, working the set. We bouncing off of extras. Like, he, they, I don't know. They just a different it's not a static movie i mean i know ray Liotta has his boringness but at the same time he's still moving he's still acting he's still oh you know sure. while, while he's arguing with ernie hudson he's like getting things together in his room and like like it's it's still moving yeah and that uh they don't do that enough anymore like it would be uh you know you gotta stand on the mark right here and say your little fucking two lines and it would it's right, i don't right. know they forgot how to do that
1: well and and i was also going to say from a filmmaking standpoint I, i've noticed more in the last couple of years when i've really dug into filmographies because mm-hmm. i used to just kind of be a watch whatever i want kind of guide if i ended up you know watching a bunch of movies by the same director over a period of time like years that was fine but now i'm sure. a little bit more structured like where i'll watch movies by a director i'll watch a lot of them to see how they you know how they grow or what you know what could have been or what Well, you know what i mean
0: yeah you'll see you'll see calling cards i'm guessing too a little bit too yes
1: that was the big one here is i was and if you have your imdb trivia up it mentions here that there's like a lot of stuff in here that he clearly used in goldeneye a couple years later Mm. or a year later because it says here for the imdb thing and i I was thinking the same thing as i was watching it. i was like that reminds me of that shot in goldeneye there Ah, is like a there's a satellite shot from space right shot the same way um tranquilizer dart getting shot sure um a a turncoat character that works for janice uh of course yeah in uh goldeneye but in this case in in no escape the same thing uh helicopter uh takeovers uh Mm -hmm. and also the villain falling to their death after hand-to-hand combat uh kind of they kind of Fall the same way now. Obviously, Stuart Wilson gets impaled on like wooden oh, yeah. things, but they both fall to their death
0: too. That's a good
1: death. Uh, they both fall to their death. You know, Sean Bean and and uh, Stuart Wilson. They kind of fall the same way. Like it's a lot of similarities in
0: mm-hmm. the way it's
1: shot. And and, that, and I see nothing wrong with that either. If you're going to steal, steal from yourself, right?
0: Sure, sure. So, no one can say you took it someplace else. Yeah,
1: yeah. But uh, the other the other bit of trivia that i. I Thought about and it kind of made me think is uh, it actually is kind of related to a former episode we did of Cinephile History, but it said here that Ernie Hudson, you know, he basically did this movie, and maybe this is why he did it despite the fact that there's really no meat to his role whatsoever. Okay, is he said he wanted to get as far away from civilization as possible because he had just made the Crow, uh, and it a year was, before. Mm-hmm. and he was still kind of trying to deal with that whole Brandon Lee death thing.
0: Damn yeah and
1: that makes sense i i can imagine you like you can't
0: get farther away than queensland australia that, yeah that and i counts. was
1: i was kind of thinking about it like after i watched the movie and i was just kind of like yeah good for him like imagine mm-hmm. like you, you film your scenes and then you just go lay on a beach somewhere and just relax yeah. and get away from civilization like that's a, that's a smart career move maybe not the I best agree. role but probably the best role for him at that time
0: yeah so, i agree yeah i mean it um it sounds like Ray Liotta wanted an excuse to do an action hero. Um mm-hmm. I think he's better suited to be play the heavy and the villain. We've seen that a thousand times since. So, sure. yeah, he's he's just too good of an asshole. To, he was,
1: uh, you know, yeah. he took a couple. I, I don't know if my years are right on this, but he took a couple swings that year because not only did he do this as a hero, straight up hero. Yeah. But he, didn't he also do Operation Dumbo Drop that year? or disney
0: oh let me see the year on that that's a good question ray Liotta, the operation double drop would count as a yeah one for them one for me situation compared to his other stuff well i don't necessarily mean it in a negative way i just mean no 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 but like he went for a
1: family comedy sure you know and uh so he was doing a hero role which is kind of playing against type for him no escape yeah Movie, you Op-
0: well, you know what? Same year as '94, he did karina karina a romantic ah. drama with Whoopi Goldberg, and uh yeah. *Your yeah. Operation Dumbo Drop*. Before that, he had a two-year break after doing *Unlawful Entry*, where he's a fantastic villain. Before doing *No Escape*, so one. yeah, and then obviously, you know, three three years before that is *Goodfellas* and you know *Field of Dreams* and put him on the map. So yeah and, you're you're catching you're catching peak ray leota that's for sure, sure. uh now, so campbell had a get when it came to like hey we got, we got leota you know
1: now he never got he didn't get an oscar nomination for good right or did he no no okay. i'd be
0: i'd be very surprised if he got an oscar so nomination. pesci pesci won
1: pesci won <laughs> the same year he was in home alone which is hilarious oh what, um, what a
0: two for that year huh two
1: for that year yeah uh, another reason why there's a sidebar on Joe Pesci, and I say this about Pacino too, the reason why I think they're amazing actors is because you can have Joe Pesci be a complete harmless clown like in Lethal Weapon 2 mm-hmm. and then he can be the most menacing, frightening person like in Goodfellas um, and Casino and then you can also kind of mix the two in yeah, Home Alone. Like it's home like, alone. It's what an amazing and, and yeah. Pacino does the same thing all the time. He can be the yeah, f- most frightening, drug lord in Scarface and then he can be the meekest, most cowardly idiot in Donnie Brasco. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyways, um, I remember kind of sticking up to bat for Ray Liotta a little bit. I might as well talk about him because, you know, he just recently passed.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but uh, I remember going up to bat for him for uh, what I thought was one of his best performances in Marriage Story. I thought he should have got an Oscar nomination. He was he fantastic. Was
0: excellent. Yeah. I know Laura Dern got all the attention there in The Supporting End. And I think if, you, if he had another two or three scenes he'd be thought of the way that Dern was thought of and one as a supporting actress. I, you just two more scenes. I think you give Leota two yeah. more scenes. He's in that conversation.
1: And of course um, he's in your uh, one of your top 100, right? Field of Dreams.
0: Well, I mean, Field uh, of Dreams is fantastic. Um, I mean, yeah. and that's, it's such a soft meek part, but he plays it. So like, he's got a sternness of like, Hey, I'm, I have wrongs in my life that need to be righted because I'm playing the character that he plays, but still soft enough to be like, you know, if you build it, he will come like Pat, you know, passing the dad to Costner. But no, I mean, I think we all can agree where, where Leota is at his best. And the cool part is like, he did a, a ton of just crap movies, but at the same time, when given material, that's good. The dude will rise to the occasion. Like, and he's got some of these, like, um, well-regarded movies of the last twenty years, where oh, you, like oh, yeah. Place Beyond the Pines, he's a fantastic villain, killing them softly. You I'm know, softly. um he's really good. It's he's really, really like good.
1: he's really like pathetic in that, like in a way, like
0: he's he oh, almost yeah. so
1: bad for him because he gets like freaking like destroyed in that movie.
0: Uh, but the other for, one, for every for for every one of those, there's like Street Wild 2. you know. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, but 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 you said space. it. He. When he needs to, he can turn on a little bit of charm to be like, hey, I know I'm this scary and this mean. Let me put it. Let me, let me laugh about it, too. Like, he's observing uh, report, you know, like
1: another another kind of underrated one. And uh, another one that I think is not on streaming a lot. Narc. You like Narc?
0: Narc is fucking good. Yeah, he's really Nark. good
1: in that. Definitely. Um, you know, um, I was just going to say, like, there is a movie that is excellent, but it's not excellent. Ray Liotta's in it, but I always forget he's in it. Okay. Believe it or not, De Niro and Kaitel are in it, and I always forget they're in it because the heart of the show is Stallone, and that's Copland. That's another one. Yeah,
0: he's good that, at Copland. Yeah,
1: th- th- that's the thing. Like, if you can upstage those three guys in a mm-hmm. crime film, yeah, uh, I don't know <laughs> what it, what to say. But like, I, I look when I was looking at his filmography, I was like, oh yeah, he was in Copland. I forgot. Like,
0: yeah, the, the I mean, I know we probably don't give him enough credit the way the way we're talking about with Pesci. The dude's got range because we're talking about yeah. wild hogs because we're talking about he, narc. Um, you he know, he played Frank Sinatra thing. and the Rat Pack on a TV movie. That. You know, um, yeah. he got his head cut open in fucking Hannibal. Hannibal, yeah, that's right. Uh, so like, yeah, I something tells me you just I'd love to know what he's like off screen because like a a man who has the capacity to do i know but like i just don't i don't know enough like set stories out of him but like but a man with the capacity to do like hey yeah i'll do karina karina hey i'll do muppets from space and just be a cameo like Mm. like just a guy that's willing to do that and then still go hard i wonder what he's like as a person for something tells me chantrix smoking commercials and all he's probably one of the coolest motherfuckers to walk in a room like you, he probably walks in sure. like just with that look, that scowl of like, yeah, I'm Ray fucking Leota and I can either oh, twist it sure. and I can either twist this and make you sweat or we can have a good fucking time. Like I bet he, he's just he like kind Peter feeder between the two.
1: He kind of feels to me like, here's the comparison for you. He kind of feels to me like a Malcolm McDowell type that sure. almost was cursed by their biggest hit.
0: Ooh. Like, yeah.
1: Like when you think of Malcolm McDowell, you know, like he's always, the twisty I mean, stuff he, first. Yeah. I mean, he got, he did a Clockwork Orange and he's, I mean, he's the poster boy for that. He's in every dorm room in America.
0: Oh yeah. You know, like,
1: and he got a lot of play and that made his career and he would become kind of a heavy and he would be in, you know, when you mm-hmm. think of Malcolm McDowell, you don't think of like, Fathers you don't think of him being dude. the lead or yeah. the, or the. You know the second or third lead in a huge best pitcher winning film or a huge box office. He was always just kind of on the fringes, and I kind of feel like mm-hmm. Ray Liotta suffered for that success of being in Goodfellas. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, he was but in the balance of the is it, like
0: Field of Dreams was big hit. So like, I I think without one or the other, the, he's, he's pigeonholed either the, way.
1: But he's not the star of Field of Dreams.
0: No, you know? I mean, no, like he's, but he's you know, yeah, yeah
1: it always felt like he was like the best he could get would be like that amazing fourth or fifth build character mm-hmm. in Mayor's story, you know, like, yeah. or, you know, he's the fourth or fifth build in Coplander or killing mm-hmm. them softly or like, it just, it just kind of felt like he was always on the edges
0: of stardom yeah. and, or, I or the right like, award winning part. Like if he was one or right. two slots higher, That's it. That's that. He's a scene stealer. Like that. That movie's. Oh, for sure. Movie cooks because of him. Yeah. So I I just kind
1: of feel like he. Like I I just kind of think he. It like Goodfellas was a blessing and a curse. You know, like it just kind of.
0: You know, I mean. Now you can make me look at the Oscar nominations of that year before we run out of time here. Quick. Sure. Goodfellas Oscar. Like, who was who were the best actor nominees that kept him out? Goodfellas, Goodfellas. 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 Goodfellas um no but other than that it's um yeah it's a bummer that he's passed um i you know he's one of those guys you wish he was still here yeah just um because i i just i just saw him a cocaine bear you know like he's and and, and yeah he doesn't have to do much you don't have to do much when you look as cool as he does and, and are as cool as he does all right so best actor that year is Jeremy Irons winning for Reversal of Fortune? Costner is there for Dances with Wolves. Robert De Niro for Awakenings. Gerard Depardieu for Cyrano de Bergerac, and Richard Harris for The Field. I, leota has got to make that make that group. Come on, right?
1: Oh, I mean, when you're listing that stuff, I mean, I'm not going to criticize any of the roles that I haven't seen because I definitely yeah. haven't seen Cyrano. I de mean, Bergerac De Niro or The was... Field, but come on. Yeah, you know, but... like I, I mean, yeah.
0: I, I don't I know mean, I, I just that was uh, the signature probably like the, that modern sereno de bergerac the Purdue was that was a big deal and there's always a good foreign nominee in there i i costner obviously doing the biggest thing he's ever done denaro going i don't want to say full retard in, in you know the the tropic thunder level and awakenings but it's a pretty good part for denaro yeah i'm looking at you richard harris what what'd you do that year i don't know the movie though so
1: i am yeah. uh i mean i'm looking at his awards i mean he also like a Malcolm McDowell who did not really get a lot. I mean, one primetime Emmy award for a guest spot on ER.
0: I remember um, that episode. He's fucking good.
1: He's good in it. Uh, there? Independent Spirit awards every now and then. He got yeah. one for Marriage Story, but he also got a nomination for Narc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Golden stuff Globes one nomination. Something wild, nineteen eighty six.
0: Oh wow! Uh, screen, actors guilt, screen Actors
1: Guild, Screen Actors Guild, Rat Pack, and this movie called Texas Rising. 20, okay.
0: 50.
1: But so you know, not really a lot of. Um, and he wasn't even given his Walk of Fame star until he died. So
0: I know that's a shame. Uh, like I watched Michael B. Jordan get one last month. I'm like, we could have got Ray Liotta one in Ray Liotta's heyday. Like, how how come he didn't get one in like 1998? You know, like come that on. stuff is should have had one for a is, long time. It's bought and so paid for weird. at this point. Yeah.
1: And that, you know what? I know I used my comparison, but I mean, that's uh, Malcolm McDowell, Golden Globe nomination for um, Clockwork Orange. And in terms of big time awards that mm-hmm. the Screen Actors Guild, he on. got one for Bombshell nomination. That's about it. He did yeah. get his star. He got his star on the Walk of Fame in 2012,
0: though. Come on. See, so- hey, great. <laughs> get him in there all right man we got to wrap this up to get done in an hour this was good yeah oh. folks on Tubi, you could do worse on a friday night
1: yeah exactly uh or or arrow or amazon prime or freebie or
0: yeah. it's um, the bump the C- i'm just C- pim- I'm
1: pimping for everybody
0: yep chf um, bump
1: all right guys uh oh and you know what the C- chf bump uh, now it's gonna steal book coming out next week
0: here we go so C- no, i'm just kidding
1: i have no idea. Uh, <laughs> Uh, follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Fit on Facebook at Cinephile Fit Podcast and Instagram at Cinephile Fits. Find both of us by name on Letterboxd to check out our film reviews and ratings. We're also on Rotten Tomatoes. We are charter members of Independent Film Critics of America. Thank you so much for your loyal listenership and our tussles and for connecting with us on social media. Cinephile Hissy Fit is a Ruminations Radio Network podcast sponsored by Film Obsessive and 25 Wild Media. If you enjoyed this show, the Ruminations Radio Network has more excellent programming with stellar hosts and spirits of topics. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our show and others on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.